Welcome to House Common Blood, where strangers are family. Every episode may contain graphic content, such as copious amounts of blood, unnecessary cursing, death of all ages, infantile to immortal, fantasy drug use, nudity, and perhaps mentions of sex, and sound effects of various qualities. We cannot stress enough that this is mature content with adult themes. You have been warned. I wish I got a warning. Velcut and Leo went to the Magical Inquisition, put on a deal. And that deal was for Leo to uh, sell magical components and uh, act as a middleman to uh, another client. While Velcut, uh, Simmering Forge, wanted to know where his heirloom was. And bo uh, both of you guys wanted to know about uh, like a drug dealing. And David showed you a hotspot location where a lot of deals happen. You guys travel together, and along the way, nearly get into a bar fight. Well, actually, fight the bartender. And along the way, uh, you meet Dust and Cobalt, who are walking with Earl, the orc. And all of you guys see a sermon from a cultist with a egg that's about ready to hatch. The egg hatches, the cultist disappears with a scar on his face, and you see Andrea, one of the missing orphans that Dust is looking for. But she's turned into dragon, partially. Scales and all, but a little bit of elf. Uh, still elfish, I should say. I called her like a human a lot of times. She is an elf. And as you guys are going along, after uh, you make her complacent, and turn her back to your side you take her back to the orphanage where you see roy edmund a drow who says we have some business to talk about now any questions before we start any details i missed no so you guys enter through the door you see drow and i need to specify a few things uh passively like uh you guys notice that the sun is starting to sink and you're reaching twilight the clouds outside seem like uh, cotton candy, red, blue, white. And slightly above, you see a little dark overcast of uh, darker clouds as a little bit of rainfall starts to fall. It's uh, black like sludge paints the ground. And uh, in the church itself, the roofing is not exactly all patched up. There's a lot of open gaps allowing rain to get in. Uh, yes, it's an orphanage. Um, Roy Edmund... I need to also specify, like, uh, his uh, his dark skin is uh, covered with uh, fur, black and white, and his uh, skin is, like, hide. Now, when dust comes in and looks at him, you have a spark, a shock, like you just remembered something. And we just look at dust's eyes as time, like, kind of goes back, and we see a kitty, a tabaxi, on the streets doing a juggle. Is there any specific thing with this act that you're doing, Dust? No, I'm just now learning how to juggle. Yeah, so you're a little sloppy, and people keep casting their gaze on you. Some people know what you're trying to do and toss you copper, but it's nothing really to uh, feed the kids for the night. As you're going along, you see like a, a little bit of a chase between two people, and a suitcase falls towards you. 
and you see a crest that you don't recognize in gold. Did you open it? I did open it. I wanted to examine it. Very shiny. Yeah, when you open it, rainbow dust flutters to your nose, and your eyes dilate. After that, you disappear like a phantom, with the suitcase in hand. You don't remember what exactly happened that night, but when you woke up, you are in an alley. Then, this man, Roy Edmund, always seemed to approach you with a deal about the orphanage. You can see his uh, spectacles reflecting light as he talks to you. You can barely see his eyes. It's always a bright orange as he's talking to you. And he always says, Dust, I have some business to talk to you about. An opportunity that you cannot afford to lose. And he always tries to buy the orphanage from you. But one reason or another, you always deny it. Something about the guy just settle, unsettles you. You come back slightly. And this time, the tables have turned. It looks like he's a little bit more serious about his dealing. If you look at him, you see the gleam of a blade against Alphonse's throat. The kid with the atrophied arm. He looks at you, Dust, and says, I have an offer that you must listen to. What do you say, Dust? If you let go of Alphonse, I'll listen. If not, an arrow will pierce your eye. Oh, Dust, you're always so violent, aren't you? And uh, I need to uh, put it out there. This is going to be a negotiation uh, uh, skill challenge for you guys to overcome. I know, uh, Dust and Mega, you've gone through a skill challenge before, but uh, this will be slightly different. John, if you're not familiar with the uh, skill challenge, it is basically... A wins versus loss competition where we use uh, secondary skills like, uh, say, acrobatics, uh, persuasion, intimidation. You basically do actions, make rules, and I set a DC. If you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. There's two possible outcomes that could happen during this. You just have to be creative with uh, what secondary skills you use. Now, with uh, negotiation, it's going to be a little strange because, you know, you have acrobatics, athleticism, nature, you know, uh, medicine, all sorts of things that don't simply pertain to a challenge. Now, how I'm willing to rule this is uh, the topic of your discussion. Say, like, uh, he wants you guys to do a drug run, and uh, one of you guys says, uh, well, I can't do it because I'm not fast enough to keep up with pace, or I am, and I can exceed what you're expecting because I can go really fast. That'd be an athleticism check follow yep yep and uh the only thing you have to know is you cannot use the same secondary skill twice and you cannot use the secondary skill that was used before you so if dust uses persuasion john you couldn't use persuasion on that turn but if uh, another action were to happen that was different you could use persuasion so you can't use it back to back but if there's a space in between that skill you're fine Follow me so far, everybody? Aye, aye. E. Yeah. So you guys can join in at any time during this negotiation. I'm not going to say initiative. This will just be natural. He's going to talk to the group as is. He uh, holds a blade against uh, Alphonse's throat and says, uh, Business first. How can I know that I won't have your ear without a blade against this poor sod's throat? And, uh... 
he looks down at Alphonse, and Alphonse is shivering. He is about to pass out from how scared he is. He looks at you, Dust, and goes, I, I must ask you a question. What am I to do? I'm down a thousand gold. Two of my workers, and he looks towards Andrea, Andrea and Georgie, screwed me. I have orders to execute all of you. What am I to do? The boss man will have my head if I don't have yours. And not to mention, and he looks around, but it doesn't seem like he could find any notable evidence. One of my members of my organization seems to have vanished. And I only have one eyewitness that he was here last night and was dropped into a river. And he looks at you. So, blood is spilled on the flow. Gold is dropped on the flow. And heads are supposed to roll. What am I to do, Dust? What am I to do? Well, if your bounty is for us, Alphonse has nothing to do with it. If you wish to kill us, then fight us like a real man. Um, it seems like you are a ambitious character, uh, Mr. Roy, Roy Edmund. Oh, and he Roy just squints Edmund. at you. And go, yeah, he squints at you as you repeat his name, and he just goes, "Ma, is that Longpaw over there?" Oh, Longpaw. Uh, so, you know, I respect ambition. I'm a businessman, as you know, and I think that we can can work out a deal here where everyone can get what they want is that so is that so well let, let me tell you a little bit about myself uh, i'm pretty sure you should know who i am i'm roa edmund uh i'm sure you heard of me or at least uh my wild ones the ones with the badges and he uh basically points to his tattoo on his shoulder um it's a brown badger clear cut he looks at you and goes I am a quick-tempered man. I hate when I'm down on gold. And I hate when I do not get as I wish. I am not one to compromise. So, let's settle the first agenda. And he uh, basically nicks Alphonse's neck until it draws a bit of blood as it goes down. And he goes, blood with blood. I have to know, Dust. How do you expect me to go on with my business when you've killed one of my own? Tell me this. All right. I pull the dagger out of my pocket and I slice my hand ever so slightly to grab blood as well. You want my blood, not Alphonse's. And I'm willing to lose mine if you lose his. Hmm. Anyone else say anything during this? Uh, no. See how this goes. Kitty, don't hurt self! <laughs> Alright. Roll for intimidation. Tell me if you got 17 or higher. 10. Not even close. That's one failure. So, I should specify a bit more. Uh, each piece that he's talking about, like, uh, he has three things he wants to talk to you guys about. Each discussion will have a certain amount of failures and a certain amount of successes. To determine, you know, how well the negotiation goes. So, I'm gonna step in and be like, "Well, well, there. There's no need for bloodshed. Um, 
think we can handle this like gentlemen. You're a man. Yeah, and he points uh like the blade at you, Longpaw, and he goes, Not another step. Boy. Okay, okay. Um I don't think you understand the situation you're in. Look around you. I'm 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 not a stranger to these types of situations. My outfit might fool you, but I I've not always had such a successful life, but I am one that notices talent and can, you know, maybe help you improve your situation as well. We work together, you may, you know, some extra business coming your way from my corporation, and we can both benefit from this. I like the way you negotiate. You take me for a fool? Is that what you're saying? Let, let, let me get this straight. You wish to partner up with me, affili affiliated with an underground organization. For profit? Is that what you're trying to get across? I'm saying that not all deals happen in the light of day. So there's money to be made in the dark as well. We both know this. And maybe we can benefit both of our companies. And he points like a uh, knife towards uh, the shadows on each corner. And he goes, not all men stand in the sunlight either. And if you guys look around, you don't see men, but you see the silhouettes cast on the wall. You see about four, but you have no idea where exactly like the shadow is originating from. It doesn't exactly make sense to you. And... What he does is uh, he throws a sack towards Dust. Dust, do you catch it? Yes. Do you open it? I ask him what's in it. What is stolen from me is what's in it. This is... I am not a monster. Listen here. If things go sour, I want to give you every opportunity to be safe. That is my prerogative. And do you look in the sack? I dump it out. You see numb gum clink onto the floor. Five pieces. And he looks at you and goes, Dude, are you familiar with how numb tongue works? A little too familiar. Hmm, interesting, interesting. And he looks at you and back at Longpaw and goes, Please, tell me a bit more about this deal. Clear-cut it for me. I'm uh, but a fool, a layman. I'm not much for contracts. I, I believe more in the word of a man. Well, I'll put this simply. Right now, you have a pretty good, you know, control of this city. I'll give you that. But... <laughs> he starts laughing. <laughs> you think I have any control in this city? I'm sorry, you're looking at the wrong man. I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about your organization. Not um, even my organization has that much control. My orders come from the Jade Hand himself, and we all make money. Yeah, I mean, so wouldn't you make more money if you could sell your product in more places? I've got a vast trade network all over the planet. We can get this a piece of the numtongue, this gum, everywhere in the world. Pretty quickly. Imagine he, your profits then. He looks at you and squints his eyes. 
Are you familiar with uh, Clearwater? Clearwater? Yes, Clearwater Salem. Yeah, uh, if you like shabby operations, I've heard of them. <laughs> he uh, looks at you and goes, yeah, shabby operation it is. Uh, what kind of role you are you trying to make with this? I just want to know. Persuasion. Persuasion. Um, well, th this one's a bit more conflicted. I... I'm tempted to make you roll at disadvantage because of uh, a, a few constraints the guy has. He, uh, I mean, I, I could, I could, I mean, I'm not actually trying to go in business with this guy, so it could yeah. also be deception. Okay, okay. Well, either way, it, it's just the way you oriented the question. Now, um, uh, you wouldn't, your character wouldn't know this, but the other two characters uh, know that Clearwater is in charge of importing and exporting this drug, while uh, this man, Roy Edmond, is in charge of selling around town. And like the man said before, he is in charge, or he, he's basically taking orders from a bigger man. And you're asking him to step on another gang's toes by uh, doing imports and exports, basically cutting into Clearwater's deals. That That's a conflict. Uh, confliction I have, whether to make you roll at disadvantage or not. Uh, if that's the way you want to orient it, but I'll allow you to uh, rephrase it or try a different angle if you want. Uh, um, yeah, so I know that this isn't necessarily deals you are authorized to make because, let's face it, I know I'm not talking to upper management here. Um, but I think this is a discussion that you're bosses may want to have with me that we can arrange something you want to talk to the boss you want me to arrange a deal with you through our leader yeah he looks at you and flash yeah he flashes a nasty grin and he goes all right let's hear it and uh basically make a roll for persuasion see how this rolls out um, I'm going to say about 14 and above. 17 plus 5. Wow. wow. Alright. He is happy that he just slammed a deal with you. Alright, we'll discuss the details about that after business today. And he looks at Dust, then at the Cobalt, and he says... One thousand gold. Tell me, how am I supposed to get this back in my pocket? Just waits for an answer. A thousand gold. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. I have no gold in my pocket, so you're not going to get any gold today, whether you spill my blood or not. Of course not. Of course not. Mr. Longpaw, do you have any investments you'd like to make? I think that our deal... When we iron out the details, we'll more than cover this measly, was it, a thousand gold? Like, you're not even going to have to worry about a thousand gold. That's going to be, you know, things you leave in your pants when you send them to get clean. He looks at his hand, wiggling his fingers. Do you know what happens when we lose a profit and when the jade hand finds out and he just keeps wiggling his fingers? You start to lose appendages, extremities. Do I look like I want to lose a finger? It might be a measly thousand gold for you, but for me, it's my life. Now tell me, how am I supposed to turn a profit 
when I've been fucked. Again, a thousand gold is negligible when you think of bigger games. Right now, you guys, you guys are thinking small. You're in a small little kiddie pool. I'm trying to take you to the ocean, and you're gonna blow that over again a thousand. One I don't, thousand. I don't even. Gold. That's less than I pay the guy who cleans my shoes back home. <laughs> he he uh, squints his eyes at you. Then he looks at Cobalt. Younglin. Doggy? What exactly is that? Cobalt! Cobalt is Cobalt. Hmm. What about you, Cobalt? Can you tell me where I can get my thousand gold? Find shiny metal on dead people. <laughs> yeah, Cobalt, maybe let's not have him think about taking money from dead people. And he just keeps repeating what Leo said. Measly thousand gold. Chair, like, are these, like, pews right here? Pews. Uh, yes, they are. Right, I'm gonna go sit in one. Yeah. Whoa. Alright. So you sit down on the chair. And he... Keep in mind, like, uh, where he is at right now is elevated platform sitting down, and, like, his hand is holding a blade over the kid's throat. And he goes, measly 1,000 gold. Not even what I pay to have a man shine my shoe. I say this, I'm not going to be looking at him. I'm just, like, looking at my nails casually sitting in the pew. Mm -hmm. So, what? Uh, who's rolling a check for that? And uh, what exactly are you doing? Because he's hung up on a thousand gold. Not too far away from here. Two thousand gold waiting. You can take fifteen hundred. Let Alphonse go. Is that so? And it looks like he's whispering into the air. Then he waits a second. Then it whispers. Like you hear like a, a small whisper. In, like damn near inaudible, but just enough so that you can hear like a librarian's whisper so are you trying to do a deception here yes all right that's gonna be a 16 or higher wow uh you're missing one there buddy that's a six so so far we have two failures one success all right so he looks at you then looks around the orphanage you expect me to believe that a caretaker has 2,000 gold, yet he lets his children sleep on hay, eating moldy food. Is that what you expect me to believe? Uh, let, let me ask you, do I look like an idiot? Do you want the honest answer, or do you want me to be nice to you? You see a little bit more blood draw from uh, the blade against Alphonse's throat. I prefer no answer. It was rhetorical. Bigger word than you would know, I know. So, he looks at all of you and asks a simple question. Why should I keep you alive? Leo, Mr. Longpaw, has made himself useful. He, I could see, living. Why should I let you two live? Because Kobo very useful, like to master. Look what? And then, uh, he, he minor illusions the box again. Pop goes the cobalt. Pops out of the box. It is deathly silent. 
as he stares at you, then loses interest, then looks at uh, Andrea. It looks like uh, you took back the cargo that was delivered. Is that so? This freak? And she, like, she's hugging the children and biting her lip. I, um, I'm going to be like, so this was your doing. Stand up and kind of grandiously approach it. He's like, I, I really like this this thing that you did here. This augmentation stuff. Is, is it something you can see? Like, I kind of want to put on, like, a performance. Hmm. Get closer. I was like, I, I kind of want to know more about this. Okay. Um, he looks at you and goes, it is something that I'm not too terribly familiar with myself, but I have gone through the process. Uh, this more of a uh, cultist activity with how the public views it. Though in the unseen public, no one cares. And uh, make a uh, uh, performance roll. My, my lord, you are rolling rocks today. To make up for last session when I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, you're you're saving this negotiation. You guys are teeter-tottering over failure. Okay, he allows you to step forward, but the moment you get, like, uh, right to the space you're at, he puts a little bit more pressure on Alphonse's throat again. And, mm. yep, he looks at you and goes, uh, what, what exactly were you asking again? Uh, like you wanted to asking about the the transformation process, like okay, like what 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 does it entail? Like risks, like uh, this is an interesting business venture. I'm thinking you should see what happens when uh, the implant rejects the host. That's where it gets a bit bloody. Uh, I mean, there's always there's always casualties in any invention. I'm I'm worried about uh practical applications. Practical applications, you say. Well, uh, look at my eyes. And he, his eyes gleam a bit. He takes off his spectacles with his free hand and goes, These are the eyes of an eagle. And you see that his, like, iris, his eyes are huge. And, like, his uh, iris especially is extremely dilated. With these suckers, I can see from far away. Put in the right parts and you become superhuman. Then he puts back on the glasses. The only downside is that I, I'm not too terribly keen on seeing what's close to me. Okay. So there are drawbacks. Yeah, I, I believe uh, that's uh, nearsighted, isn't it? Or is that longsighted? What, what, what is like uh, you can't see, like uh, it gets blurry when it gets closer? That's farsighted. Longsighted? Yeah, farsighted? Yeah. Yeah, the guy's farsighted is what he's trying to get at. Um... Alright. Now he goes back to his original question. Dust. Why should I keep you alive? What do you gain from killing me? My head not rolling on the floor. Well, it seems we're in a predicament. Someone's head is going to roll potentially today unless we strike a deal. What terms do you need for me to live? He looks at his hand, and he goes, A thousand gold will be preferable. Won't need it tonight. Next three days will do. Now can I hold you to that three days, or you can be barging into here in about a day or two? That depends how this all pans out. There not might not be a here 
if I'm not happy with how the deal goes. Tell you what. And he looks at you, Dust. And he motions you to come forward. Are you sure? I might be a little bit quicker than you can react to. He points for you to stand right there. Basically good, like, uh, 20, 25 feet away. And he tells you to stop. I see that this negotiation is only being upheld by Longpaw over there. Tell you what, I'm a businessman, but I'm a, I'm a man of the streets first. And I know that you had business on streets too when you were younger, right? You must have joined the gang. So, you know how this works out. Blood for blood. Now, let me explain to you very slowly how this is going to work out. And he pushes Alphonse towards you. Do you take him? I throw him behind me. So, as you throw him behind you, Mr. Edmund looks at you. There's two ways this night's gonna end. That's with blood on your hands or this building being destroyed. You follow? And he throws you a knife. The knife that he was holding. I'm not afraid of you, Dust. I really ain't. But you know what I do love? I love justice. And that's what I want here tonight. You killed one of my men. Now, I want you to take care of your own. And he looks towards Alphonse. Kill the child, and everything is settled. The blood between us, specifically. Now, if you don't, and he looks around, this building will be grounded. It will collapse. And... Uh, I imagine this like a cinematic moment, like uh, we we like see the shadow between two of you, like through the windows, and it starts to rain black sludge outside. Then like it goes farther and farther out into the distance till we get to the black waters, and you see like ships, specifically a man with silver hair and a cut on his throat, guard, and the man's not moving his lips, but he's talking a lot. And you see, like, a commotion as, uh, the fucking, uh, cannons are being aimed towards your general location. And you hear, like, the captain, presumably, in the shadows, go, Alright! Alright! On the signal! And you see, like, one of the, uh, guys getting a little frisky, like, turn uh, like, uh, lighting up, uh, some kind of flame. And, like, the, his sword quickly lashes out to cut it. No! Not yet. We wait. And we're back to you. Just with a blade in your hand. And child next to you. Your blood. Alright. Kill the child. And the blood between us is settled. Let him live. And all will pay. It'd be a good time to grab the numb tongue. And he waits for your decision. I pick Alphonse up by his hair. Where he's dang his feet are dangling from the ground. Mm-hmm. And you see, like, a sharp smile on Roy's face. Who do you care about most? One child or all your children? Now, if you guys want, you can discuss this. He's going to patiently wait for you guys to do some uh, something, but he specifies anyone leaves the building and the deal's off. The building collapses. Please do stay inside. Alright, I... Can we move to a place where he can't quite hear us? You guys can huddle if you want. Like, uh, so long as you keep your voice down. Presumably, he can't hear you. 
Okay. Unless you guys want to um, do a perception check. Is this still part of the skill contest? Um, we're gonna say that you guys uh got out. Basically it's hinging on this like uh deal. Like whether dust kills a child or not. Because you guys are teeter tottering on success. This determines whether it's success or failure. And I'm gonna I guess I'll do a perception check to see if he if we can kinda like cuddle up in a place he can't hear us. Alright. Do a perception check really quick and tell me how much you roll. I rolled 17 every time. He has... Yeah, you, you can tell. Uh, he has... His ears aren't elven ears. At first you thought they were like a special kind of drow ear. But after like a closer look and like the gleam from like a torchlight, you see that he has bat-like ears. So there is a good chance he could hear you. Okay. I so... Without saying anything, I'm gonna mm. look at Dust and kind of move move closer because if he's letting us discuss, so I'm close enough. Maybe that his far sight might not be able to see me as well, and mm. um, yeah, turn my back and then kind of just point to my disguise kit that mm. I've got in my bag. Okay, and then point at the red paint and point at the kid. Mm. And that wink, wink, nudge, nudge. is brilliant. All right. All right. So I'll take the dagger and pretend to be examining it and then kind of mm -hmm. put the the paint on the, the edge of the blade. Um, Since he has like poor vision when you guys are closer, I'm going to give you advantage on that roll. Just go for a general stealth. Stealth. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing I got advantage. Yeah, I know. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Um. No, hang on. That was the first. It's roll. also a plus a plus four. No, yeah. you're fine. He rolled a two on his first roll. He okay. still couldn't see you. Okay, just clarify. You got a four and a three. He got a two and a five. So you had an advantage on your roll. He had a disadvantage trying to contest against you. He can't really see what you're doing. All right. So then, yep, I do that. I'm like, yep. loudly, I'm like, come on, Dust. It's not worth, you know, sacrificing this entire building. You've got other orphans that you need to take care of. What's one versus 40? He is right. I mean, don't you care about your own safety? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. One for the rest, correct? One for the rest. Bad blood between us. Gone. Poof. Well... It wouldn't be right to see, have all the children, you know, watch this, their friend perish, now would it? Oh, but I do prefer the children see. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I am a sick and twisted individual. Well, I guess, since you're in control, might as well put on, you know, a show for the kids then. We'll gut, we'll gut Alphonse in front of everyone. Please, do. So as I'm holding Alphonse up by his hair... Yeah. Walk with him closer yeah. to Cobalt. Yeah. To, to, right above where the numb tongue is. Yep. I throw him down. Yeah. I get on my knees and I raise the dagger. Yeah. And what as does I'm that do? As I'm coming down with the dagger with my right hand, my left hand is grabbing for a piece of numb tongue. Yeah. And what do you plan to do? I slam my dagger down as hard as I can as yep. I shove a piece of numb tongue into Alphonse's mouth. 
Oh. I didn't hit Alphonse. Okay. Uh, just just to clarify. You shove the numb tongue into his mouth, and where exactly do you hit? Like uh, right next to him? Uh, right next to him. Oh, boy. Um, there. I. There's no need for a check. Um, he eats it. Um, then like his eyes are wide open the entire time. He's shaking. And the moment you put it in his mouth, his eyes glaze over. And the moment you strike down, he begins to disappear. And he vanishes. And I whisper in his ear, run. Mm. You whisper in his ear, run. Well, oh my god, what the hell am I going to do? Um, so, don't mind me, I'm going to make a couple rolls. Okay. So, what you hear is a quick tapping of his feet as he runs outside. The door suddenly bursts open. And you hear, like, a uh, uh, like volley of footsteps following him. And it appears like a lot of people that were in the room have left the room. Wow. Um, Anything you want to do before uh, Edmund says something? Yeah, I'm going to yell over to Cobalt yeah. and tell him I need him to talk to Andrea. And tell him, essentially, tell Andrea we kill him, Roy. Okay. And Draconic, of course. Oh, oh okay. So, uh, how, how are you telling uh, uh, Cobalt this? Bright as day. Cobalt, tell Andrea we kill Roy. We need to save the children. Oh, Longpaw? Cobalt? Uh, what's happening? <laughs> I'm just going to look surprised and kind yeah. of move towards this guy like i'm not i'm not with those other two and get like, closer like to him is everyone ready no turning back oh th this is what i'm gonna do i'm going to say this entire time uh like uh as things are again set up that uh he, he was using uh guidance on you guys um, so what was it? Uh, you touch one willing creature once before the spell ends. Target rolls a d4, add the number rolled. One ability check of its choice. Yeah. You can roll die before or after making the ability check. All right. So I'm, I'm going to say like as like everyone was uh, discussing what to do with Alphonse since we didn't narrate well what he was doing, that he was subtly touching you guys, giving you guys a, a, a blessing. All right. So if oh. you guys want to use a 1d4 on a ability check you can all right so we're gonna have everyone roll for initiative i'm gonna have andrea uh like i'm gonna have her roll count for uh her and the orphans got a six yep six okay eight okay eight um cobalt what did you roll oh, apologies i haven't uh, rolled quite yet uh That's i have a different setup today uh yep Wow, bell cut really did it. Yeah, you guys rolled poorly. The person who rolled the best was uh, uh, Simmerforge, because uh, he rolled a nineteen with no bonus. Okay, um, so I don't want to be biased when it comes to uh, uh, enemy attacks and what people are capable of. Um, does anyone want to uh, control bell uh, cut during combat? Mega, do you want to do that? You seem to know the most about all the characters. I vote Mega. <laughs> been volunteered. All right. All right. I uh 
set uh, his uh, character sheet on uh, the general chat. You should be able to see it. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's really bad for you guys. Um... All right, uh, Manka, did you grab the character sheet? Uh, I have it open, yes. The tabaxi pulls down Alphonse, who he had by the hair, lays him down on the ground where the numb tongue is, stabs his knife right near Alphonse's uh, throat, and basically shoves numb tongue into his mouth. He chews it a bit, vanishes, runs outside, and you hear, like, uh, a lot of footsteps follow him, but you can't see them. After he leaves, you see Roy shaking with anger, like he's about to do something. But we have Velcut who goes first. What does Velcut do, Mega? Oh, dear. All right, uh, sorry. Where is Velcut's token right now? Uh, right below you. Yep. Oh, okay. <clears throat> oh, dear. Uh, this move's gonna be the most important move. Please, take your time, Mega. Uh, while he's thinking about that, uh, please, Dust, Leo, tell me, what's going on through your minds? Like, what what's happening? Um, Leo's, like, uh, a little confused, because it thought that he made the plan clear, and so this was, like, surprising. Um, so he's right now not being competitive just kind of walking towards the guy being like i don't know what's going on like i'm not with them mm -hmm. i wanted him to kill the kid kind of thing right now leo you're gonna be treated as a non-hostile uh enemy basically they're gonna act indifferent towards you the moment you make an action against roy he will treat you as an enemy keep that in mind okay dust what the hell is going through your mind? He wants me to kill my kids. I'm going to take his head. Yeah. And I'll burn the whole entire... What's it called? Orphanage. No, not the orphanage. Screw that. <laughs> that this is the best way to make your move. <laughs> no. If I, if I live, his whole entire um, gang is going to die. Mm-hmm. You want to burn my orphanage? I'll burn my own orphanage. <laughs> yeah, it's really how you uh, show who the bigger man is. Um, can I be real with you guys? I, I expected it to play out like this, but I'm going to be honest, Dustin, I don't want you to feel bad. Leo's plan, if it would have like successfully like passed a deception check, if you guys were like within 20 feet as well, it would have worked without combat. I just want to be perfectly honest. But I love the route you've taken because I've set up a few things specifically for this combat. See, my thing is, I thought we already used deception when I talked about the um, the money. Uh, I I can't remember if I specified that was bad on my part. Um, uh, but, I, but I hadn't used deception. I will I will point out just because. Uh... Nobody bothered to get Cobalt in on this. Uh, but there is a couple of different checks we could have made to pull that off that wasn't Deception. Um, but 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 nobody brought in Cobalt into this because he was all the yeah. way on the other side of the room. I, I'm uh, I'm sorry if I didn't make that clear. I, like, I, 
I, I believe I said some along the lines that like negotiations have ended. Basically, it was down to this decision. Everything was off the wall. Sorry, that was my bad for not making it more clear. But again, I'm excited to see where this yeah. goes. No, it's part of the the game is the the role play. So yeah, and I'm loving this. I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> I think we stalled enough. Mega, what's Velcut gonna do? Keep in mind, this is probably one of the most important moves in this initiative order. Thing is, is that he just does not have a lot to work with without his spell slots. So yep, and he's also too fucking slow. Um, mm. uh, <clears throat> uh, seriously, why is he on the other side of the room? Uh, uh, keep in mind if you can't move him, like I can move him for you. You just need to point out where you want him. In that square there. We're too far away because he's a dwarf. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Keep in mind, you can make a double move if you really want to. That'll bring you to 50. Well, no, like, he... he all right, I'm just going to at least assume this might be what his character does. Because um, mm. I don't actually know this character's alignment. Uh, mm. But but uh, he is going to... Uh, he's going to double move to, uh, to in front of uh, Andrea and the kids. Mm -hmm. And he is going to do his best to... Uh, like stand in the way of any retaliation from, uh, uh from Edmund. Mm-hmm. Because that's all he could really do from his distance. So, just to clarify, there's only four numb tongue on the floor now, and you wanted to go right here, right next to a uh, dust, correct? He, no, he's uh, about right there. Is like it? No, he was uh, I was doing, I was using a double move. I was dashing okay. over to here. Yep. He, uh, you see the dwarf dash past uh, Dust, ready to protect the children. And uh, does he do anything else? He can't do anything else because yep. that was his action. Because he's yep. very slow and on the other side of the room. <laughs> yep. Uh, you see Roy snap his fingers. And he plops a numb tongue in his mouth and starts chewing. Right next to him, you see the person... Or not even a person, a silhouette. You can see the silhouette of a person cast on the wall. They point their finger upward, and right from their finger, you see like a bolt of fire escape and go through an opening in the roof. Then again, we pan out, and you see the pirates on the deck going, Oh, we gotta wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Then they see the glow in the distance. And you see the man like raise his sword towards the building and again sound comes from his blade not from his mouth and all you hear is fire and we see the fuses get lit now back to uh, initiative we see andrea what does andrea do i believe in this situation she starts digging into the ground she digs into the ground and digs like a uh, 15 foot hole and starts ushering in kids. Dust, since these are your kids, roll me a 1d20. Only seven kids make it into the hole, including Andrea. So we're going to say eight total. All right. Now, Dust, it's your turn. What do you do? How many kids are left? Well, we said there's about 40 kids. Um, Georgie's gone. That was uh, one of the girls with Andrea, so that'd be 39 in total, including her. Seven made it in. So so about 32 kids are still out. What do you do? They're crying. They're not 
unstable mind. They've seen one of their friends disappear, and they're scared of the bad man. Bad man's about to disappear, Seth. Um, I yell out, this is my fight. You guys don't need to be here. They're going to blow everything up. Mm-hmm. So... I rush towards the... And can I use an action to start throwing them down the hole? Oh, sure. Um, tell you what. Uh, you can make a dexterity or strength roll, and if you get above uh, 13, I'll say, I'll give you advantage on a uh, d20 roll, see how many kids you throw in. How's that sound? Sounds good. So roll a d20, dexterity or strength, whichever one's better for you. Wow. Oh, the dice hate me today. Four. Yeah, four. It's the gods paying you back. Roll d20, unassisted. Straight. Wow, 17 kids. So... Right now, we have, uh, if math serves me right, uh, 24, right? 24 kids are in the hole now. And they're kind of clumping down. Uh, I assume that you move right here. Because all the kids are basically around this area. Yes. I'll say around uh, her token. All right. Um, a lot of things are going to be going down shortly. Uh, Leo, you were thrown a numb tongue. Do you eat it? What do um, you do? Yeah. I'll eat it. You begin to eat it. Uh, just a quick, what yeah. direction is the sea? Like in this, um, is it the side that I'm on? Or imagine uh, the orphanage is at a 45 degree tilt, where the top right is like uh, you know the very top, and the bottom left is the very bottom, and that's north, that's south. It'd be like south of you from the corner, if the corner was straight. You understand what I mean? Okay, so it's yep. near Cobalt or near... Yeah, um, let me uh, let me near... show you a little better. Uh, can you see that? It'd be in that direction. Uh, so, maybe. like, uh, so it'd be uh, southwest, right? Yeah, that's direction, southwest. So, not as confusing, just southwest of you. If you're just considered the map as is. Okay. Alright, so then, is it is it my turn? now or yes it is your turn and uh you ate the numb tongue all right so okay. i'm going to um dash mm -hmm. Let's see how far can i go so oh, just saying this north where it looks broken is an opening yes it is yeah that's exactly where i'm heading <laughs> yeah so i'm gonna you know go over here and, and just kind of wait and see see how this unfolds because it should be like Almost as far as I can from the sea. You will, yeah, but you still will experience damage, I will say. Because you are not officially uh, outside the building yet. Um, then I got the numb tongue. Does that yep. have any effects I will. I will tell you. And, okay. But first, I want to see how initiative goes. Um, is that all you do? Yeah, because I, I dashed to get there. Okay, so... How we see this play out so far is, uh, first let's see Cobalt, then I'll narrate what happens throughout this entire initiative order. Cobalt, uh, the numb tongue is still in front of you. Do you follow Leo's suit, or do you go to protect the children? What do you do? Uh... I know, it's a tough decision. You only have one health, if memory serves me right. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Mm -hmm. you, you could die from these decisions so i have to know what is your character gonna do 
near death, experienced Cobalt's mindset, would he follow Leo's suit, the bad guy's suit, and eat the gum? Or would he naturally go after the children with dust and uh, Simmerforge? And with note that I told you guys to run. This is my fight, not yours. Told you to run. So you could get outside the building if you really wanted to. That's a third option. What does your character do? The doors are wide open. Like, a Cobalt is actually near doors, right? Like, cause, Yes, uh... right behind you. It's not even 10 feet away. Okay. Um, all right, so as... Actually, no, I have to... Honestly, I have to play Cobalt for who he is. Uh, Cobalt is a, is a cowardly Freddy cat. And, yep, and he is uh, near death. He is yeah. dying, slowly but surely. Yeah, so he is... Uh... So like he is taking he is taking thirty of his movement to get out of the building, but uh, I right. will ask: Does Cobalt feel as though uh, he is at a safe distance from the building itself for destruction, or does he think that um... you're a safe distance away at that point? So we'll take you off the map. I guess maybe as like I guess maybe as like uh, yeah, just like as like a one like one thing he does before he leaves is mm -hmm. um uh what does he do now normally the cantor doesn't play out this way yeah. uh but would he be able to like um uh because like uh because like the explode like uh, like they get the the impression that the, the uh like the i'm sorry which uh which direction did you say the ocean was was in <laughs> um it is southwest of you okay then it's it's not Okay, it's it's not like a it's not like a whole lot, but like uh, he is going to kind of like uh, you know just to be on the safe side, like like maybe just like put like a a really tiny ice wall <laughs> in front of himself to cower behind because he's, he's also worried about debris. <laughs> that's perfectly fine. So what uh, happens? Let's narrate this entire thing. First person to act is uh, the dwarf. He does a dash for the children and uh, tries to help out as is. Um, let's make a roll for that because we never did. See how many kids. He tries to jam in there. Okay, okay. he uh, gets in about four. So about 20 children make it into this hole. And that's pretty damn cramped for a 15, or a 15 foot hole. Um, all the kids are going inside the hole. Uh, then we see Roy piss. His, furrow, his brow furrows. Leo... Uh, because of how close you are to him, you get the smell of cinnamon from uh, his uh, uh, like uh, his scent. He smells like cinnamon. He snaps his finger, an associate next to him fires off a flare. He throws you, Leo, a bit of numb-tongue and chews some himself while he watches this all play out. Dust, you make a dash towards the kids, and you start throwing the kids in the hole. The one that Andrea spent her entire turn to build. Then we have Leo, who eats the numb tongue, dashes for the opening to the north, the broken wall. Then Cobalt, who runs outside in the open doors, out in the black sludge rain, and uh, you said built a little ice barricade with a uh, what spell? Yeah, just doing like a little ray of frost for himself. <laughs> okay, you'll say that it makes like a tiny little like blockade. Wow. So, I spent a lot of time 
trying to figure out how this specific scene should play out. So, I'm just gonna be frank with you. Dust, you will have to make a dexterity saving throw. And I am going to make one for Velcut and Andrea. Tell me if you get 15 or higher. I'll explain in a second. But only Dust will have to make a throw. And Velcut and Andrea. I'm not looking, I'm not looking. Oof, duh, fuck. Oof, duh. Even with blessing, damn. Okay. Wow, all of them fail. So, as the new round starts, Leo, you begin to fade away. As you fade away, your iris dilates, and there is a world of color around you. The architecture for the orphanage changes. As you enter the unseen public, you see right next to Roy a what used to be elf. You'd assume elf because of the ears, but nothing else would uh, suggest it. The guy has a mouse's head and basically looks like an anthropomorphic uh, animal. Along with uh, Roy, he now has the head of a snake, but the body of a furry badger, I would describe. And... It, if I were to describe the sensation, again, you feel numb all over. You try to speak, and you can't get any words out. It's like your tongue went completely numb. Right before you, uh, all the color in the world looks like uh, splotches of watercolor. You know, like uh, when you're doing art, you do a little bit of watercolor, and it slowly spreads out. You see just about every color of the rainbow, like uh, coloring every surface and texture. You are now outside of danger should you choose to re-enter it with Roy attacking them. But you see him staring at Dust, Velcut, and Andrea. And they look like phantoms. You see their outline. A lot more clearly than you saw the phantoms in the real world. These people, it's like, uh, if you ever played Dark Souls, like uh, you'd see like a clear outline in uh, shading, but it's a pure color. They just look blue. And you see the world around them. R blue rocks begin to fall onto them. <sighs> so, I, I need a majority for this. And everyone can have their in input. Should I do dam damage separately or once? Because I'm not sure what would be worse. What's the better prob uh, probability for survival at this point? Uh, my personal opinion? Go right ahead. Just in general in statistics, uh, the more rolls you make, the closer you get to uh, mediocrity. Mm -hmm. uh, English, please. Yeah, I don't so know word. <laughs> it depends. Um, if So basically what the me median is, if it, the median is they will die, then it would probably be better just to roll once. But if the mm -hmm. median is that they'll live, then it'd be better to roll individually. Okay. Let me uh, look at the damage really quick. Um and the median is usually uh, the the middle number. Um, yeah, the, the exact yeah. middle. Yeah. Uh, Dust, can you tell me how much HP you have? Nine. Nine. The median number would save them. So then you should roll individually. Mm hmm. Okay. Does that make sense to Mega yeah. and everyone? Okay. I'm just along for the ride yeah, right now. But basically, <laughs> but basically, what I basically what I said in plain English: the more times that you roll, the more yeah. likely that everything will uh, venture more toward the median than to any particular extreme. Uh, 
could could you say that word one more time? I don't think I heard you properly. Like uh, the word that I don't understand. Idi idiocrity. Uh, mediocrity, like mediocre. Mediocrity. Yeah. Okay. It's a cool word. Wow. Andrea, full damage. Dust, fifteen damage. Bell cut, thirteen on the dot. Wow. How much does she have? Uh, oh. Did we actually fuck. even do damage to her during that fight? I don't think so. You did. The ankle swipe. Yeah. You you brought her down to three health. And she's treated as a regular NPC. She doesn't get death saving throws. So, dust. This is what happens. We switch from Leo's view of uh, the unseen public into what you're experiencing right now. You're throwing the kits in. And you hear a deafening boom. Then another one. Then another one. As cannonballs... Uh, just destroy the side of your orphanage and you look up unluckily for you the opening on the ceiling is opposite to where you are you see a lot of rocks fall onto you and boom 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 the biggest rock but the biggest rock uh, falls into the hole and kills Andrea and the 24 28 kids that were in there and i gotta do the reflex save for the kids holy shit let's they've been roguing in their off time yeah they still die there's a few survivors and that's georgie who wasn't here and alphonse who left but 38 kids died because of your decision <sighs> 22 damage to andrea and the kids in the hole 11 damage to the orphans that haven't made it into the hole. 15 damage to Dust. 13 damage to Velcut. You are both now in death saving throw territory with guidance, mind you. Or not guidance, bless. And we start on top of the initiative. Velcut will make a death saving throw. He... He could succeed. I'm going to... Uh, if uh, a Bless doesn't, uh, like, make the roll succeed, does it use it up? Um, Bless keeps... Well, uh... Wait, are you are you trading this as Bless or as... Bless. Uh... Bless. Okay, here here's the thing. Um, uh, Bless is a concentration spell. Mmm. That's right. So the minute that Velcut knocked out, uh, it stopped uh, applying. Yeah. You're right. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, he fails one death saving throw. He got a six. Uh, Leo, back in the unseen public, a world made of watercolor. You see the snake, Roy, start to laugh as he watches the rocks crumble and kill the kids and the kids inside of the hole. You see him maniacally laughing. And he says, blood for blood. Ha ha ha. <laughs> and you see, like, uh, the rat-headed person right next to him just, like, smile as he's twitching his head back and forth, sniffing the air. He does nothing this turn. He holds it as he watches. Andrea is no longer part of initiative. Dust, what do you do? Well, death saving throw, please. I'm sorry, I'm a little <laughs> caught up. That's a con saving throw? No, it's there's no bonus. Flat D20. You succeed? That's one success. Alright, so my turn? Yep. 
what do you do? Um, so can I like talk to other people in this like the shadow world? Uh, at at a disadvantage since this is your first time in this world you have trouble articulating yourself because your tongue is numb so i'm like uh dead can't pay debts and then i'm gonna kind of yeah it, it's safe to walk around anywhere like uh um, it, it okay. looks uh, like i'm gonna yeah. Great go idea. to to Summerforge and then um try to try to um use stabilize him sorry you can try um let's see how do i want to do this do a willpower let's see do will save for me uh tell me if you get 15 or higher oh which save a will save 15 or higher i, so I think he wisdom means wisdom or yeah wisdom sorry uh what, what's the proper uh word for that will save yeah will save yeah wisdom <laughs> what do you get I got a 16 plus wow. 17. Your hands face through reality and dust as you're lying on the ground. You see like a, a lion's paw suddenly appear in the air and uh, touch. It's for Velcut. Oh. Yep, Velcut. Make a uh, medicine check. Um, Hang on. Yep. Yep. Six. Yep. Uh, make a roll. Anything above 10 should uh, give him one six. Or it should stabilize him completely, right? Or does uh, that just give him one su uh, success? Um, a successful a successful medicine check uh, stabilizes the creature. Okay. No, no more death saves after that. And uh, was it ten or higher, or like negative damage plus ten? It's uh, if I recall correctly, no matter what, it's ten or higher. Yeah, ten or uh, higher. But your but your but your special rules for were for um. Uh, undoing yep, a, uh, uh, a death yep, save uh, has yep, a special yep. DC. Yep, that's exactly it. Yep. Well, so uh, he, yep, he begins to stabilize, but he's still unconscious. He, he's bleeding from the head. Uh, how how do you do this? I want to imagine the visual. Like, how are you helping him through the um, veil? So, I'm imagining like the rocks probably like fell on him, so he's probably got some contusions or something. So I'm maybe like snap his leg back in place and then wrap up his bleeding wound mm -hmm. I, and um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Roy doesn't stop you in fact he says smart man smart man dead man pay no tolls and he allows you to do what you're doing but he looks at you and goes understand if you do save them they're your responsibility and nod yeah. good 1000 gold pays a heavy price doesn't it shiny like, shoes he's like, i just point to the dwarf and i'm like i just saved this one he doesn't owe you anything mm -hmm. so far mm -hmm. and he goes he just uh yeah he just begins to laugh and he goes sorry my vision isn't what what it used to be all right uh, and that ends your turn just trying to stabilize uh cobalt you see basically fireworks in a sense you see like uh black orbs like destroying the orphanage from outside it's exploding like a uh uh what who who directed uh transformers the movie was that spielberg or uh who the fuck directed michael bay michael, michael bay. bay it's like a, it's like a michael bay movie there's excessive explosions as uh the building slowly crumbles and gets destroyed basically uh, the way I imagine it is like a behind Cobalt shot, like over his shoulder. 
or like uh like a few feet behind him he casts a shadow on the ground and you see like uh dust and debris exploding from like a ruined orphanage as it begins to collapse what do you do just gonna roll this uh what for oh to see if he's <laughs> to see if cobalt even does anything during this yeah. round uh, yeah was basically yeah. yeah uh 16 on a will uh wisdom save good yeah so, so like uh like like ducking over the tiny ice wall that he made and uh and he said by by this point the the debris had settled no it, or, it's, or it's it's still like falling apart it's still going apart there's a chance cannonballs might hit your downed friends at this point um the way i imagined it too from that kind of will save you guys ever seen the pirates of the caribbean movie where the guy's walking down the stairs and everything's getting destroyed as he's walking with like a lot of tranquility my god i i imagine that with roy as he's uh walking around but you know instead of it being in his world we see like blue shadows of like debris like falling past him as he walks towards you and he's non-threatening he just walks besides you and watches you work all right uh sorry that's why i meant for him to do as uh this is going along since he held his action uh cobalt so you're gonna stay behind your ice bear kid it's like yeah if it's uh if it's not like uh, if it's not safe for him yet to like uh uh i will say that um uh oh did i do that like at least like at least like uh with the wisdom save on uh on something some of his fear he's going to at least like start um like start moving like start moving around the orphanage and maybe even make another ice barrier for himself as he's like keeping an eye out for uh, uh more cannonballs but uh, he is slowly mm -hmm. but surely trying to make his way over to check to see if there's any survivors. Yeah. Um, as of right now, sadly enough, you just see the wrangled bodies of orphans and blood splattered around them. That's all you see with your passive unless you're actively looking. But, uh, I'm already using an action to make another small barrier for myself, so that's all I can do on this turn. That's fine. You uh, create another barrier. It is... Simmer Forge, he is currently unconscious. Then it is back to uh, Roy. As he uh, goes towards uh, Dust, he goes around you, uh, kneels over, and uh, sit, uh, takes a knee, basically, as he's like uh, lightly stroking Dust's head as it's on the ground, contused, uh, like uh, concussed and all. And he goes, blood with blood, my friend. Blood with blood. And he just takes joy looking at Dust's face as... Basically, you can see it too, Leo, is that there's a lot of small shadows around them, and they're not moving. That's all he does. Dust, make a saving throw, please. Or, death saving throw. Wow. Critical failure. <sighs> Critical failure. Uh, so, uh, you... Like, we look at Dust, and he starts to vomit blood. And it looks like he's beginning to uh, have a seizure on the ground. It looks like something didn't hit his head the right way. Leo, it's your turn. You see Dust shaking on the ground as, like, blue comes out of his mouth from your perspective. Imagine that you're in a painting. That's kind of what this is like. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Leo sighs. Uh, um, 
And he turns to um, the other guy and he's... How much did he owe you? How 1, much did he owe you? 1,000 gold. Uh, Blood. His head. Uh, he's right. owed me a lot. And he, Leo's like, fine. And I'm going to attempt to stabilize him. Now, I need to specify. When you stabilized Velcut is because you went through the veil. Your hands are not actively out again. I gotta it's, do another... Yes, and I want to say beforehand, uh, Cobalt, you still have inspiration at any time. It can be given to other players, just as a reminder. Um, and Leo, it's 15 or higher on a, will, uh, a wisdom save, DC. And to save him, you need to cut through the veil again to stabilize him. Okay. Yeah. Um, if I don't save him, do I still um, take control of his debt? <laughs> He looks at Longpaw and goes, you're in this, and we're going to make some good money. But yes, whether you save him or not, you're responsible for these boys, as am I. We're in this together. Oh my god. Do you give me inspiration? (laughs) Hang on, Cobalt. Think about this carefully. Also be used to have him re-roll Yeah, no, I'm I'm saving it for an actual death save. Uh Okay. Cause that, cause that is a gamble either way. Cause you have to make yeah, two with a, wood heal. Medicine saving throw. I have a but, slightly saving throw, but I'd have to roll again. Although yes, DM, he fails. Although DM, yeah. since he did say, cause like I was a bit concerned if like whether I had to actually like be be close enough to offer the inspiration, but, but it, um, it's you as a player. You can offer this luck at any time. You don't have to be right. close. You could don't I, have to know. Could I potentially retroactively ask for the inspiration to re-roll the one? I am not going to allow that since it's well past. Okay. Uh, that I want to clarify. You can do it after the roll, but it has to be within the turn. And so far, it's it's passed and gone on to Leo after silence. I'm sorry, I don't want to be like a fickle about this. Oh no, I, it's just yeah. that just it's just because. Uh, okay, it did like. Uh, don't worry about it. Yep. Again, I, I'm fine with after the roll, but it has to be within the turn. I, I don't want to make up rules, but that's how I want to specify it. It's more I just maybe created a rule in my head that I had to be yeah. around to use the inspiration you, on somebody. You don't have to be. I'll let you have any leeway because uh, essentially I see this as uh, luck from the gods. You guys are puppeteering your characters. You can decide who to give this luck to. Now, now consider this carefully, because Dust still has to make two rolls and succeed on both. And with that gamble, he has to roll over 10 twice. Potentially a third roll, if you make him roll with advantage. But Leo, all he has to do is cut through the veil, then succeed on one uh, uh, saving throw, or basically one medicine check above 10. Oh no, I get that. There's a lot. Yeah, oh, no, there's I get a lot that. of factors. It's, it's more. It's more. It's more about. Uh, it's more about like uh, like see, basically seeing what that next day death saving throw is because yep. you know if he fails the next saving throw then obviously the he's not going to get another chance for a medicine check. No, that's the thing. It's a gamble. So we satisfied with things how things played out so far. Ready to move on to Cobalt's turn. Well, I won't say satisfied, but yeah. Leo, the only th- uh, other thing you notice is how much uh, uh, Roy smells like cinnamon. Basically, he just, he stinks of it. Like a person who puts on way too much cologne or perfume. Colbert, 
or Cobalt, uh, what do you wish to do? Because I believe you said you're 30 feet away from the building. Is that correct? It's like, because uh, I've, I've been trying to move my token based on, yeah. on where he was put last. So, uh, yeah. Um, okay. That's, but, uh, that's fine. Cobalt will uh, try moving another 30 feet. And I'm assuming the, I'm assuming like uh, the building is unstable and. Yep. I, it, they're still firing. <laughs> a, after your turn, the fire uh, the firing will stop. This basically went on for about twelve seconds. It's consistent okay. fire. Yeah, like cannon fire. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then. Uh, but since you're outside, you're safe. Mm -hmm. Right then. Right, and then Cobalt will you like uh, Cobalt will Cobalt will dash action to to move to here it's like still trying to figure out if he could see anybody like basically just circling the building yep and all you see if you do uh can you do me a perception check please uh, tell me if you get 16 or higher uh, here you are oh my lord um you have perfect perception of the situation right now even with uh the debris and dust actually i believe that's helping uh helping you you see the silhouette of uh roy the person you just saw uh, but it's a little different. Uh, you see, like, a uh, uh, the shape of a snake's head instead of his, but the same general build. Then right next to him, you see a lion, uh, I would assume on one knee, right next to uh, uh, three or two fallen combatants, a cat and a dwarf. All around them is a hole overflowing with blood and uh, covered with rocks. And all around them, the wrangled bodies of orphans. What do you do? Cobalt uh, can't can't do anything else because yep. uh, that was his action. Okay, that's what we see through the opening as the cannon fire stops. I would say like a a cannon ball lands near you, doesn't hit. It just uh, <coughs> yeah, basically that kind of reaction. So it is now Velcut still unconscious. Uh, Roy, he is watching the Tabaxi and Dust. I would like to see what you do, because I'm not going to DSX Machina you. you know, this is your decision, your payout, your consequences. I want to see this roll. And rolling low all day. Let's see if we keep up with it. See if you get a natural 20. That's all you need. Does God want you to live? Wow. Well, I hate how close that was. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least I get another chance to medicine. Yep. Two successes, two failures for dust. Yep, two for two. Tell me if you get a 15 or higher for uh, uh, breaking through the veil. Wisdom check. Okay, broke through. Yep, uh, we see a lion's paw. A lion, like two lion paws inside of the dust-filled room right next to uh, uh, the cat's bloodied body. Let's see the medicine roll. I need to look up something really quick. I can't remember what happens when you fail a... I don't believe there's a negative consequence to a I need to double check. Because I'm pretty sure that counts as a failure, but I want I want to double check, make sure all my I think it's bases a are critical covered. fail. What? I think if it's a critical fail, it, it, it might, affects. yeah. Let me see. Player's Handbook 197-198. Yep. Uh, can us uh, other people uh, help me out? Can you look in the player's book really quick? I'm I'm already I'm already reading it. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, there's there's nothing under stabilizing a creature that uh, that says anything about uh, a failed medicine check for stable and as an attempt at stabilization. Mm -hmm. So it just doesn't work. Uh, I imagine maybe the logic is just uh, you you fail to help rather than mm -hmm. making it worse. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, okay, this is what I'm gonna say. Uh, from now on, like, uh, if you get like a uh, neg, uh, if you get like a natural one while trying to help, it will deter the person you're trying to help, and it will count as failure. But anything below doesn't count as failure. All right. Uh, we see uh Leo's hands trying to uh, help out uh, the tabaxi, but it doesn't seem to go the same way. You try to reposition his arm, and it doesn't go quite in the socket. Next is uh, Cobalt's turn. What do you do? All right. So I think I actually have just enough movement to squeeze through, like basically jump through the hole. Uh-huh. <laughs> Seeing Dust's dying body. <laughs> hmm. Just to clarify, uh, these two over here, um, right here, and the one below it is difficult terrain. Is that still enough? Uh, no. If that's if that's considered difficult terrain, um, although uh, how much how much of it is difficult terrain? Uh, two squares, so about five feet each. I mean, um, like uh, uh, what I was asking is, uh, all right. So if I was, because I think I was, I think I was standing yeah. here. Uh, it, it'd be ten additional feet if you're moving from there to wherever you measured, unless you want to make an acrobatics check to uh, you know just maneuver around uh, difficult terrain. We'll we won't count it as like a full action. It'll just be you know like uh, to bypass uh, the the difficult terrain. Wow. No, in fact, Cobalt doesn't even get there. Uh, oh Jesus! He trips and falls. Oh my lord. No, I'm gonna allow you to be inside of the difficult terrain, say like right here, but. Since you've taken on yourself to narrate that you went prone, that means as soon as you get up, you'll have 15 feet of movement, which will be just enough to reach the tabaxi. It all depends um, what Leo does. Um, Roy doesn't make a turn. Um, Simmerforge is still unconscious. Can you redo a stabilize check? Well, I go before him. Oh, yeah, you do. Let's see it. Dust. You are now conscious you have one hp after a roll of 12 good job now i want to imagine like the film d-day where there's white noise and you look around you there's blood crumpled bodies and you see the scaly hand of andrea what is dust thinking in this very moment i'm conscious enough to talk yeah you are you're at one hp you have two permanent failures until long rest or if you're healed. I look over at Andrea. Yep. And I can barely kind of see down into the hole. Just a mangled body part from all my children. It is a literal pool of blood. As you see like hands, legs, and her hand as she's trying to cover the children raised up. It's like they're drowning, but they're not. That's just the way they're crushed. But to you, it looks like they're screaming for help. This I thought they died. 
this is your decision. These are the consequences of your actions. Can you do me a favor? Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure the DC I want to set for this. How much uh, damage did you uh, take in the negatives with the 22? Was it 22 or was it 16? I have 9 HP, so... I want to look at he, he didn't he didn't take the 22 he yeah it was the, 15 uh... damage and how much uh health mm. did he have at that time nine nine make a roll of 16 or higher with a wisdom saving throw you are permanently scarred from this incident obviously so and i would like the dm to describe in what way i'm scarred mentally physically Mentally, this is going to be a permanent trauma that you're going to have to deal through now. Deal with for the rest of the adventure until you come to deal with it. Now, I want to ask you, the player. Obviously, children have died underneath your care. From your perspective as the character, how do you believe you failed these children? And what do you believe, like what kind of fear rose from this? It's all my fault. I, I This is my orphanage. I should have took care of these kids. I brought them here. I brought them here, and I also killed them. Yeah. It's my fault. Not Roy's, not anyone's. I made these choices. I'm going to have to live with this. But as I was panning, looking over at the blood-filled puddle, or hole mm -hmm. as it is, swimming pool full of blood, I look at Roy. You make a perception check for me. 16 or higher. I didn't take the numb tongue. It. Uh, yeah, I know. That's why I'm asking you to make a perception check to see if you see a silhouette. You don't see anyone. You think you're alone with these corpses. I just murmur to myself, blood for blood. And we look from his eyes as you say that, and it's distorted when you talk. We hear, and he just looks at you with a smile and goes, blood for blood. This has been House Common Blood, the intro music by White Sand, Promise, and the outro music by Darren Curtis, Time's Up. Any music and sound effects used in the episode are royalty free. Credits can be found in the episode description. Please review us on whatever podcast listening app you have been to be using. And if you like us, tell other people. Word by mouth is the best way for us to grow. Thank you for joining us. Make sure to tune in next week.